inside his own. You can fight it. There's the bounce, Somerville, and there's the siren. Victory for the Bombers. But in the end, you'll fail. Kevin Sheedy joins Dick Reynolds as the most successful club in over 100 years at this famous club. The red and black runs through you. and rich in history that no club can match. Looking for a mark here. We have clubs in the AFL, the VFL, the VFLW and the brand new Wheelchair Football League. Four clubs, one goal. Join Liam and Andrew for your weekly Essendon fix. Reviews, previews of all four clubs right here on the Flying Up podcast. The other teams, they don't Hello, happy Friday. It's a late flying up podcast with Liam and a different sounding Andrew. Hey! Oh, I'm Andrew! <laughs> Before we do my Andrew impression. <laughs> oh, I just do Andrew impression. Oh, hi. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's good, mate. It, it's good to be on the, uh, the Flying Up podcast. I love the Bombers. And, uh, oh, um, we, didn't, we didn't do that well last week. But <laughs> anyway, you probably know me and Andrew are good mates. I reckon you'll have a laugh at that. Well, uh, this is uh, my good friend, Jeff Toll, with his um, uh, AFL, po- AFL radio show. Two years ago, I think, in fucking university. Yeah, nah, it was, uh, what was it, 2018, so it was yeah, 2016. 2016. Yeah. yeah, we were on 3SSR when the AFL and, hour. Yeah, as well, I think we did, I got them on YouTube, it goes like, sin, sin, 3SSR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a terrible, terrible layout show. Imagine like a TV show being on like Channel 9 and Channel 7 and Channel 9. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that. Our loyal <laughs> listener probably got so confused. <laughs> nah, go catch us on there. We did some funny stuff back then. Yes, um, you are filling in for Andrew, of course. Andrew, yeah. busy taking his mum to the airport because he's a good lad. Yeah, no. Like, I left my mum walk. Taking her I on a push bike. Walk. I made my mum walk to the airport. <laughs> you took her on a push bike. She's not paying for my petrol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, petrol. Petrol costs us money. I gotta, I gotta use my push bike. Mum, get in the basket. <laughs> Go for ET star. God bless Andrew. I know we're getting off uh, point, but I love that kid, man. He's the type of the guy that would get a tandem bike with his mum. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would ride his mum to the airport. <laughs> no, but on a tandem bike. Yeah. She'll be on the back. He'll be in the front. Oh, let's go, mum. A bicycle bit for you. <laughs> but you, you do your own podcast. Tell yeah. me about your podcast. Well, I'm doing a not-so-serious news podcast. You can catch it on... Uh, <coughs> <coughs> yeah, me on uh, the iTunes or any kind of podcast streaming. So it's a it's a podcast where I find uh, funny little news parts. I do my research into them. I bring them on the air. And I present them uh, to the people. And it's not just... It, uh, you know, Andrew's on the show week by week. But it's not just Andrew. I like to bring a different guest on all the time. Uh, you know, Carl Bianco, uh, a Southern FM drive time host... He was on recently. He did a great job. So if you want to hear me, Kelso, go ballistics. An absolute uh, superstar stand-up comedian might be on your show this We'll week. see how we go. I'm not going to present it, but it was a yeah. shit show. Nah. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll put you on, man. It, it was a good show. Yeah. But, I mean, um, you know, yeah, if you want to hear funny stuff like that, go on to Not So Serious News uh, onto your little streaming thing, and then we'll have a little bit of fun there. Yes, and let's talk about some serious news, because Essendon played absolutely shite oh, on the that weekend. Oh, that was tough to watch. Another, God, it, I tipped Essendon to be top four. And I said, I still remember going back to the game against Fremantle in round two. 
I said Essendon needs to defeat Fremantle by 30 odd points to be a top four team. Now, was this in round, round two, was yeah. it? Yeah. They lost to Fremantle, disappointingly, maybe. And I was thinking to myself, that could have just been, you know, the first game at Oxford Stadium. Emotions were high. Mm. Essendon's not the best playing away. Sucks if you're It's good if you're a Victorian team, so they barely play interstate, anyways. Yeah. But then you played the Doggies. And I was like, easy, easy when The Doggies are absolutely, they are lower than low. They are 19th on the ladder. And then Doggies ran overused. And then you do what Essendon does great. You defeat a team that's undefeated by Import LA. Yeah. Like the thing, you know, you didn't know Nine St. Kilda 2011 with Geelong. Um, yeah. And then you play against Hollywood, and I think a big game. And it is a big game. There was 91,440 at the MCG. Yeah. It was a massive Anzac Day game. For Essen to lose 14,701 to 7,10,52. And not only that, Essen kicked the first, I think, three goals of the game. But look, when you watch that game back, right, and you see that Essen kicked the first three goals, they were. it's not like, you know, Essen kicked the three, first three goals, all right, we're up and running. It was the toughest three goals you can possibly muster. Kind of like Carlton's first three goals a few weeks ago against Collingwood as well. Yeah, no, but you, I mean, watching that game in the first quarter, and you see Danaher kicking from the, you know, the boundary and all that stuff. But then you go, you go to yourself, you're looking at it and you go, man, they, but... They were, they were scratchy and clawing for that goal. I mean, oh, we're going to get to Danaher in a minute as well. We'll, yeah, we'll, compare, we'll going to compare the pair. You know that. What's that ad? Same age, same, same income. Same income, same yeah. low bar. Well, well, this yeah. one, someone's got a much higher income than the other guy, and we're going to talk about who's better. But, oh, it was just terrible. And Collingwood went all over him, and I still don't rate Collingwood as a good team yet. I think they're okay. They played phenomenal against Collingwood. They defeated the Paul Carlton, and yeah. um, their next game against Richmond will be make or break for me. But they, are, they made Essendon look junior. My opinion on Collingwood and how they are at the moment, because I know what you mean by, you know, you don't see them as a, a top side at, uh, at the moment, but what changed between Collingwood at the start of the season and Collingwood after they played the Adelaide game was they, if you watch those games back, you can see that the communication between the Ruckman and the midfielder really kind of came together in that the Ruckman knew where to hit it and why he was hitting oh, it out of the direction. Oh, it does help that Collingwood have the best Ruckman in the AFL. Grundy is moment. terrific. He's the best Ruckman he in the AFL. A, he's the an moment, amazing yeah. Ruckman, but they, they established it like that. You, you add on to that with the Adelaide, and then if you would like, you'd like to link in the Essendon game as well. Collingwood's tackling pressure was what made the, the game different, you know what I mean? They really um, dominate. Let me try to find a tackling here. So it was... It wasn't actually that different. It was 48 to... It was actually 48-48 at the end of the game with Essendon and Collingwood. But if you go back and watch that game, you know, I remember at one point in the game, I think it was at half-time, Essendon were actually leading the clearances when they were being decimated at that point. But if you watch the game back, you know, Collingwood's... Tackling pressure was amazing. You could not get a. You could not have three seconds to take the hand pass. You yeah, could not hot, think. You, you could not think. They worked you into a position where you had to make tough choices, and then that's what um, you know won on the game in the end. Now, if you're talking like I said before, when you said you don't see Collingwood as a, as a top side, I'm going to tell you why you 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 think that way, because Collingwood have established a game plan of what works. But within saying that, it's going to be, you know, it's it's, it's going to be really weird to say, but you can actually study Collingwood's gameplay and see oh, why they've done it this way yeah. and how can you beat them. Yeah, and just, I don't know, it's personal to me again. But then, you know, if I said, well, I didn't rate West Coast in 2015 and they made the grand final. I, haven't, I still don't rate Geelong at all. Yeah. And they made the last two prelims. I still don't, I, I still think if they win the flag, it's going to be a disgrace to the league. If you know, Geelong win the flag? Yeah. Why is that? Um, they're a three-man team. Actually, granted, the last few weeks for Geelong have been their best since their premiership years. Well, they've, they've, they've started to move Their them. best team game. They've started to move them around a but little bit. But if you listen to the commentary, you wouldn't know that because no. you would just hear Dangerfield and... Um, Ablett. My God, Selwood. Yeah, we'll just hear that. 
they play phenomenal. The game against Port Adelaide was the best Geelong was getting off topic now, but the game against Geelong was fantastic. Right. Let's jump back to Essendon, and unfortunately, yeah. Bagley um, did his ACL, so he's out for the year. That's unfortunate. Yep, and Josh Green as well, he's probably your point, your best forwards. So what, what, what was up with Josh Green? Do you know uh, why he's... Hammy. Hamstring, yeah, yeah. So he'll be out for, what, two weeks? Yeah, two, three, yeah. I mean, but when you know when you talk about those guys, you know you got to admit when we were talking about you know obviously I was talking earlier about the tackling pressure and you know, when you watch the game back, Collingwood just looked faster. They looked a whole lot more fitter than we did. But uh, you know when you took out two of your uh, your two two legs off the field and you took them off the bench, you took them off the bench even. You only got two guys on the bench. That is going to slow you down as well. You know, Essendon did look fatigued towards the end because there's only so much you can do. You know what I mean? Mm. I was just again it's. It was just I found personally it was just a terrible it was a terrible performance. It, um, Essence just and it's amazing. Joe Danaher again. We'll get to him later because we're gonna yeah. get to like we are gonna get to Joe Danaher. Because we are you know if you know me personally I am a little bit critical of Danaher but I, you know, I do like him. I think he is a terrific player. He has a lot of potential. Um, but yeah, it's funny yeah, what happens in twelve months. Twelve months ago he won the Anzac Day Medal. Yeah. Um, this time they're talking about him not playing in against Melbourne. So far he hasn't been. What dropped. to be to be dropped? Yeah. Like the team, the final teams because it's a Sunday game. The Friday, the final teams will be released later today. But yeah, it's just well, it's amazing how twelve months goes in footy. Don't know who's interesting when yeah, I think you would agree agree with me when I say this, but he he has times when he's very motivated and then when he's not so motivated. You know what I mean? He would come out at one time and then you'd see him. He'll go bang and he'll go after the ball. He knows when to jump. He knows when to put his hands up. He knows when to play on. Like he's just on. And then you get those other times when he's marking the ball in weird areas. He, he's allowing his uh, opposition to to force him into tight areas where it is tough for him to kick a goal. And then and then he doesn't know what really what he's doing. You see, he's not that confident anymore. A good forward, when he has the ball in any direction, he'll go back and he goes, if I miss it, I miss it, but you know what, I'm going to back myself because I reckon I can kick it from here. But when you see a forward looking around... He doesn't know where to kick it. He doesn't know, oh, should I go for the goal? You know, I've got merit running for me. Should I show spirit towards him? And then you're in a dangerous position, you know what I mean? And that's what that's what Danaher is at the moment. He's not what he used to be. Danaher, I feel like he's lost his confidence, in my opinion, because he's just not what he used to be. He's not attacking the ball. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't He doesn't want to go for goal. He doesn't want to go 50 out. You know what I mean? He's not leading. He doesn't have any confidence on, the, on his side, you know what I mean? Well... We'll go. We'll go straight. We'll go straight from the game against Collingwood. We've both agreed it was a disappointing game for Essendon. Yeah, they should have put up more of a contest. <coughs> Look, they did. They, in my opinion, <coughs> much sorry, much like the Richmond Melbourne game, they they did proper fight. You saw you saw them really trying to play hard, but at the end of the day, Collingwood forced them into their uh, back half. Collingwood zoned beautifully. They didn't allow them to play on. You saw you saw Essendon. They they were in such a struggle at one point that they forced all their players into the back line. But when they wanted to go forward, they had no they had no family there. They had no friends there. You know what I mean? And you saw Essen. They want to do what they always do: mark the ball, play on, let's go. You know, go oh, tip of Woody, all right, let's go. But you saw them. They played on, and then they hesitated, and they were afraid, and then they looked up and they said, "Well, who the hell am I going to kick it to now?" And that's what cost them in the end. You know, they 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 wanted to play their footy, but Collingwood didn't allow them allow them to play their footy. They zoned them beautifully, and they kind of stopped their run in the end. Yeah, I do agree with that. Here, yeah. Um, people who say he's the next buddy in Joe Danaher, that was his comparison last season that he's going to be the next buddy Franklin. It was him and Eric Kipwood, buddy juniors. Yeah. Compared to probably the most underrated forward in the AFL, in my opinion, in Ben Brown. Yeah. I think I I've been a fan of Ben Brown ever since I think he debuted. Yeah. Um, 
sideshow, as they call yeah, it. He's just absolutely been stiffed by the stiffs of all Australian last year. But yeah. I do believe, you know, Danaher won Essence Best and Fairest, as well as made All Australian. Mm-hmm. And again, again, Buddy as well as Josh Kennedy was still a tough team to make. Well, let's get straight into it. Um, Joe Danaher debuted in 2013, <coughs> um, round 11, <coughs> where J- Benny Brown debuted in 2014. Uh, Benny Brown's played 82 games compared to Joe Danaher's 98. Um, with goals, Joe Danaher's kicked 180 to Ben Brown's 173. But this is the big one. The big talking point is 130 behinds to 78 behinds. Ben Brown has. is very, very accurate. Very accurate. And He's also leading the, currently leading the Coleman. Oh, yeah. Well, but if you look at Ben Brown's, you know, people make fun of guys like Ben Brown and, you know, Adam Sider when he used to do his, uh, he used to do, he used to get ready for goal. But if you look back on it, you know, when you watch Ben Brown go for goal, he takes his time. He, he goes way out. I was at the game with my dad the other week, and he goes, my dad goes, he's in Adelaide, because he was just so far out from goal. But you know what? It works. He takes his time. He slows down, really makes sure he knows where to drop the footy on his boot, makes sure he's holding the ball tight, knows where he's kicking it, and he just takes his time. He's patient. He doesn't worry. He doesn't get stressed out by the crowd or the booing or whatever. He takes his time, clears his head, and takes his time where he goes for goal. You know what I mean? And that's why Ben Brand is so accurate. He doesn't panic. No, he does not at all. And the reason why I'm comparing Ben Brown and Joe Danaher for one reason. They did their coming out game in the same game. Um, North Melbourne versus Essendon, the elimination final 2014. That was a beautiful game to watch. Uh, both kicked four goals, one. Ben Brown only had the nine touches compared to Joe Danaher's eight. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was their coming out party. Yeah, both it was. Both kicked four goals. Hey, it was a tight game for most of it. And you look, if you if you look back to last season, it was Lance Franklin won the Coleman, but you know Ben Brown and Joe Danaher put up a fight for that Coleman. And they're both over. I think I will say they've overtaken Tom Lynch and Jeremy Cameron. I know a few years ago they were the two. Yeah. And now I feel like they've both overtaken them, which I think interstate fans will love the fact that two Victorians are overtaking well, them. They are a science watch, aren't they? Mm. In the way they've jumped for the footy, and you know you don't want to go. Oh, Cameron's got the mark. You want to be like Cameron. You know what I mean? Like you want to be a little bit. Yeah. And I think Tom Lynch, oh, ever since he came into the captain role, he's he's now a captain. Yeah. Like it's so tough as a as a forward, you really want to be captain. Like you never want to see your captain win a Brownlow, I don't think. Well, it. I feel like your captain should be. I don't think I always find it weird when a Premiership team win a player wins a Brownlow. Yeah. Because you know it's usually a team effort, but you win a Brownlow is an individual thing. I always well, find it weird when a Premiership team wins a Brownlow. Well, there's not many footy players that would say, "Oh, this is this is the best thing ever," because they're always saying it's it's terrific that I won the Brownlow, but. A premiership would be better, you know. Adam Cooney says that all the time. Adam Cooney comes oh, yeah, out and he, he says, the Brownland, didn't he? he oh, we all forget, don't we? <laughs> but he, he always says he goes, yeah, the Brownlow was great," and he goes, "But you know, you don't have a reunion for a Brownlow." What about Shane Way Woden? Way Woden, how far along was? Two thousand. <laughs> he won the two thousand Brownlow medal. Shane Way Woden. So yeah, it's all right. Oh. But um, you know, back onto Ben Brown and uh, you know Joe Danaher. Joe Danaher. Well, again, none of them. G- Ben Brown's been closest to a grand final with the two prelims in 14 and um, 15. Doesn't doesn't seem like he's going to be there anytime soon lately, though. But you'll oh, see. They're fourth in the ladder. Yeah, but they, they just they don't look in form. I mean, they were in front by Hawthorne by 50 and they ended up winning by like 27. Oh, they were down. Like you said, Essendon was down. They were down on the bench. Yeah. I think the fact they won that game, because Hawthorne was coming back and, and uh, I think North Melbourne won the last quarter. Yeah. The fact they won was completely. Well, that's due to the state of the ship there. But let's go to 2018. Let's go to this season. You know, last season it was 76 goals. I think it was 76 goals. No, 63 goals, Ben Brown to 65, Joe Danaher. Mm-hmm. He kicked 39 points as well, so he was quite ac- accurate. Yeah. One of his most accurate seasons to date. And actually, that came after next, pretty much next round. The same, the same game against Melbourne the week yeah. after. 
That's when he kicked the one goal six, and then when um, Gage done her a lot of flack. Yeah. And he put his hand in after that, and I think he barely missed. Yeah. That's, so that's, was that around Man Lloyd? Yeah. Man Lloyd came in. Yeah. It's gonna be very interesting to see if that happens this year. Let's go 2018, and so far, like we said, Benny Brown's now leading the Coleman after Buddy Franklin's been leading the entire season so far. 19 goals to Joe Danaher's seven. He got held goalless by a guy who's played two games in two years in that point. Let's, if you want to, if you want to compare uh, Ben Brown and Joe Danaher, let's compare this right now. When Joe Danaher came into the Essendon Football Club, he came in at a very young age. Tell me, who were the forwards at Essendon at the time? You had no one. So Joe Danaher got brought I think in. Hurley was your forward. Hurley was, but Hurley was being thrown back and forth yeah. the entire season. Joe Danaher got brought in, and it was almost like we need you, we need a forward, you know, because mm. we we had had a forward since Lloyd at that point. Lloyd left in 09. Oh, yeah, 09. Yeah. 09, yeah. You really haven't, you really didn't have a forward, didn't you? Didn't we we didn't have a powerhouse forward since Lloyd, and you know what? Throw Lucas in for it, Scott Lucas. Scott Gumbleton was injured as well. Like he never. Scott Gumbleton was a terrific. Player and I and I love watching him back when he was before he had his leg injury and yeah, his back injury, injured, but yeah. but uh, unfortunately his injuries didn't take his toll. But when Jan Donahue was brought in, you know he was brought in for the I remember this he was brought in for the 150th anniversary of Essendon at the Essendon Carlton game. I was at that game, 80 plus thousand people. He was brought in for that game. And Joe Donahue was pushing them deep and didn't have enough time to learn. He was in the VFL, good on him, but you need time to be learned in the AFL. AFL is very different from the VFL. The game is different. There's a lot less win because, you know, when you play on a VFL oh, level, I agree. I hate no when people war. say, I, I know it sounds true, but when they say um, they're not ready for AFL yet. Yeah. You can't, there's only one way to be ready for AFL. If you play AFL. You play AFL. But he didn't really have a lot of people, this is my opinion here, I don't know, this is not fact, but this is my opinion. But he didn't have, great. he didn't have a lot of people to learn from in, in, in the Essendon Football Club. Like, he didn't have anyone to just look at and just go, okay, here we go, here we go. Because Paul Chapman wasn't there at that time. This was before the whole saga happened. Chapman, Kelly. So no way, he couldn't no. really watch and learn and talk to people. If you look at Ben Brown, he was in the forward line when Ben Brown came in, for the um, love of God. Petrie, then Waite came in as well. Petrie, Jared Waite, and then you'll see Ben, and then, you know, when Magic Dord came in, that took a little bit of pressure off because you had another tall there. If you remember... Aaron Black as well, I think 50 goals, I think, the yeah. year before Ben Brown came in. If you if you look, Ben Brown, back in those days, he didn't really play a key forward role. He was more of the half-forward flank, mm. push to the side. Second Ruckman. Second Ruckman. You had Petrie at full forward, and then you had Jared Wright at centre-half forward. Those guys took the, the most of the... the um, took most of the load, while Ben Brown was on the side. Within saying that, you didn't have to double-team Joe... You didn't have to double-team Ben Brown either because you had to worry about... Petrie and wait. So Ben Brown had that opportunity to play at the AFL level, to look around, to really get used to the vibe, to get used to the intensity of AFL while Joe Danaher was pushed into the deep end. And he doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, good, good example. Another player, um, going to go all the way to the West, uh, Matthew Tabernard from Fremantle. I think you watched him against Essendon. He kicked four goals yeah. against Essendon. Um, he's a good, great example of someone who's been under pressure because he came in with Pavlich. Yeah. And, you know, Frio's only had one forward in their history, which is Matthew Pavlich. Matthew Pavlich, yeah. So having this guy come in, he was the next Pav. He's always the next Pav. You can't do that. Uh, and, and look, you, and look, just on pressure, you, you, you see it earlier. Mm. He, they said he was the next buddy. I, remember oh, when I, he, ha- I, I rem- hate the next. I hate it. I remember when he first came in, I was listening to Triple M Radio. This was on his first game. The first game they said on Triple M Radio. They go, you know, he's a lot like Paul Salmon. Remember him? He's played 93 and played for Hawthorne as well. Oh, yeah. sorry, not Salmon. Uh, Solomon. Paul Salmon. Salmon, Salmon, yeah. Salmon, yeah. So, he brought it, so that was that. You tie all that stuff, he's, he's the next blah, blah, blah. He's the next blah, blah, blah. Not oh, to I mention, that, yeah. he's a Danaher. 
Yes. He comes from Terry and He's Neil and, yes. and Anthony, man. Mm. Those guys were legends in the 80s. Yeah, yep, yep. How much pressure do you want to give on this kid? Oh, so much. So I think, wasn't there a Danaher before him that didn't make it? Yeah, yeah. Darcy Danaher. Was, was it Darcy like that, Danaher? Yeah. yeah. But what I was saying about Tabernacle and Fremantle, it wasn't until just last year where there was other forwards in the lineup to take the pressure off him. He's yeah. no longer the number one key. He plays more up the ground. And, I, you know, instead of being stuck a full forward, it suits him better. And he's done his ankle. He's actually done his ankle, so he's out for like six to eight weeks now. Yeah. But he had his best career, best season of his life so far. And I think that's the same now with Ben Brown. He's finally... Cause I don't think he should never be the number one forward. I think he might struggle once Joe Waite retires. Yeah. Because he's going to be the number one guy. But Ben Brown yeah. can always be good as a second forward, second ruck. Because he, he's he, very he, agile. He is a key forward, though. Yeah, but if you, watch him, if you watch him in the Hawthorne game when he kicked, what was it, five in the first half, four in the, um, first, four. Four in the first half? When he kicked four in the first half, you know, like I always say, like what I see in a good forward, I've told you this about a million times, I want you to attack the footy. Don't be afraid, run, you know, attack it, go, do grab you know, it. Do you know what I don't like about forwards? What? When they mark it 10 metres out and hand pass it. Yeah, that that, that gets me in oh, as well. I lost, I lost it when Janet Denner did that against the doggies. That did my absolute head in. Yeah, but I think if, if Ben Brown wants to progress in his career... Uh, because what you saw is he kicked four goals in the first half, really dominated. But after that, he um, was you could you could see he was double teamed and he was kept quiet in that mm. second half, and that hurt North Melbourne in the end. So if if Ben Brown wants to progress in his career, he's got to learn how to deal with that kind of pressure. So who do you think? We'll wrap this up. Who do you think's better at the moment? Ben Brown by far. Ben Brown. Ben Brown. He's just a whole lot more bigger, a whole lot more stronger. Oh, he is. He's um, I think ten kilos bigger. Yeah. You yeah. Can see oh, it. sorry. Yeah, six kilos. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He he runs. You get out of his way. You know. You don't stand in front of a speeding truck. You don't stand in front of Ben no. Brown. He goes. He marks the ball. Well, like a key forward, takes his time and then just follows through with his footy. You know what I mean? Not unlike these other forwards who like doing his stutters and running out to the far right, running up to the far left. People try to copy Buddy with the the hook. And I don't know why they're doing that. You, and they're copying you, John uh, Josh Kennedy yeah. as well. You do what works for you. That's what I get out of forwards. One thing I learned in my under 18 football. Do what works for you. Yeah. If skipping like a pixie fairy helps you kick better lining up for goal, do it. Or you're just doing it because Josh Kennedy doesn't it works for him. Yeah. Don't do it. No. No. If buddy doing the moonwalk <laughs> helps you kick a better goal, do the moonwalk. And look, I don't care what you do because people make fun of Ben Brown saying, you know, he kicked 80, you know, well, I don't know what, what the, the, the coach said, he kicked 80 balls or something like that mm. at training to get better at his kicking. And then he goes, well, it took him a fair bit to do it because have you seen his... You know, run up, but I'm like, you know what? If he gets you the six points on the board, I don't care what you do, mate. Uh, Just get me the six points. I don't know why people would even pick on it. It's like when Cloak used to use the headphones and do yeah. crowd noise, and people exactly. just make fun of that. Yeah, but it worked. It well, did work. back in those it, days, it, it worked a bit. I don't know if he's doing it now. And it was, well, he doesn't play now. <laughs> but no, I think media people are very harsh on yeah. players, and I just think it's unfair. And players can um, hopefully um, get better. Yep, and. Yeah, so I agree. I say Ben Brown is better, but I think Joe Danaher might be better in the long run. I think if you really want to just say, how is this going to work? How is that going to work? I think if you if you place Ben Brown at full forward because he does get better in that environment when mm. he's in a tight space because he likes to, he likes to just run up and jump. Uh, in my opinion, I think Joe Danaher. Uh, I think he he'll be a whole lot more comfortable at the centre half forward line at the fifty meter line. Well, he's better kicking from long for goal as well. He's yeah. better kicking from long, and that and he and Joe Danaher. Uh, I mean, disagree or agree? I just think he he likes his space. Mm. He likes. He doesn't. I don't think he likes to fend off and do all that stuff. I think he. I think he just likes to sprint as hard as he can, take a chest mark, or you know, over the head. He, he's tall. He can do it, and just run on to his left. 
Um, a post from a Jake Stringer, who maybe if you you know they started him off as a midfielder, maybe now he might like to play in that full forward role because he does like to tight space, likes to work around people. You know what I mean? So I think if you really want to compare, I think that Ben Brown would be better suited at full forward, but Joe Danaher would be better suited at centre half forward, and that could just fully work for the career. That would make good teams they play together. Oof, oh, can you imagine that team? <laughs> um, yeah, so we both agree Ben Brown's better. Yeah. Uh, we'll go through the VFL, WVFL, and esports. And Anzac Day came early in the VFL. We been playing Collingwood on a Saturday. And just like the VFL, um, you know, same result, really. It happened with Essendon. I'm on the wrong result. Happened here. With Essendon kicking the first three goals of the game, and Collingwood again ran over the top of Essendon. It was disappointing when Collingwood came over again. 116, 10, 12, Is that the same score? <laughs> no. No, it's not. But it sounded like the same score. But it's pretty much... Pretty much the same result. Essen did jump out, kicking the first three goals of the game. And Collingwood pegged them back, pegged them back, pegged them back. Um, Essen was in front by two goals at quarter time. Collingwood in front by a point at three quarter time. Then Collingwood in front by 20 points at three quarter time. Oh, sorry, half time they were in front by a point. Three quarter time they were in front by 20. And they had run away in the end. So another disappointing game. Um, Aaron Heppel, though, for Essen, um, yeah, Dyson's brother. brother. Yeah. Um, very, if I was a recruiter, I would give him a keen eye. He's not too bad. He's one of Essendon's VFL's best players. Now, is he a midfielder like his brother, or where does he play? Ah, yeah, midfielder, yeah. Midfielder, yeah. yeah. But do you think that, um, you know, he's a terrific player, but do you think his crutch is that he's going to be compared to his brother a lot? And that's going to... Um, just well, just a question, I'm just curious. Uh, don't know, I don't know. Scott Stowell never got compared to Joel Stowell. Well, but here's a, here's a problem, there's four of them. <laughs> they are. And two of them look alike. <laughs> like identical <laughs> twins. Uh, but no, I think... I don't think he would. Oh, he did play. He did play Vessel in the... Uh, when they were banned for playing the JLT series a few years ago. Did he? Yeah, he was one of the players who played for Vessel in the JLT a few years ago. God, it was a mess. God, it was... You forget, was, was yeah. forget how messy it was. You forget how messy it was. But, um... Yonan kicked four goals. Could have a look for the senior side. Um... And Langford as well played really well, and I think when we get to the game later, the Melbourne game later on, I think he's been in the squad of 22. Okay. Or squad of 26. Can't remember it now. It doesn't mean a lot about. But yeah, Essendon got over um, Collingwood, but they also had Daniel Wells and Fasolo play. I don't know oh, why Fasolo's not in Collingwood's number one team. He's killing it in the VFL. Another strong performance. Yeah. And what made it good, this game was played at Victoria Park. That's nice. Because Collingwood usually plays at... Um, the West Pack? Yeah, Gosh's Paddock, isn't it? I think Gosh's Paddock. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So that's where they used to play, but yeah, they played at the Victoria Park. That's good to hear. Well, mm. Kyle Langford in the VF, you know, he is a strong hand, I believe, but, you know, there's an old thing of, well, do you really need a player like Langford? Like, he might be in good form, but there's a thing of having too many shorts and too many smalls in your team. Well, it all depends. Like, Richmond work, because that's their, that's their game plan. And it works for Bulldogs, because, you know, they like to hand pass on a small field. Mm, but, I mean, is it going to work for the Bombers? Like... Would you, would you rather have a bigger body in there? Well, he's gone up against Melbourne, so... And their main body's Jesse Hogan. Yeah. So it's very odd. And I, I know Petrarca's out for Melbourne. It's very odd. I don't know. Uh, but we'll get to the ladder quickly. Essence, one win, two loss, and we're sitting outside the top five. Um, the VFL's an absolute mess, in my opinion. You don't like it? So many... Uh, that's why they think of bringing in the, um, the Reserves League now. Yeah. Because there's so many... VFL clubs, like AFL clubs, yeah. with 
teams like uh, on apart from Port Melbourne who just came off the premiership win. Let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six top six teams are VFL, uh, AFL teams. Then mm. Port Melbourne, Essen, and then Footscray. Right. So the top half of one team in the top ten are AFL teams. It's uh, it's it is weird because I mean you can't could it could it work with ten teams if every team had their own would the league work with ten teams and you just shorten it? A bit? I think yeah, that's why they want to do the um, reserves, but then Port Adelaide doesn't want to do the reserves because they still want to be the Port Adelaide Magpies. Well, here's the thing: don't you need to travel if you? The women's league travelled. You just travel with the number one team. I have got a good my theory. No, no, like the women's team, fair enough, because that's mm. that's not a reserve league. That's yeah. just its own thing. But do you want to do you really want to spend money on travel for the, the reserves? Um, the thing is, most of the the games will be current raises, so they'll probably make the money back. Money. Oh, so fine. you so you would put them at the yeah, but you'll still be down. How many people are gonna go watch a? Because I mean, you know, you're not gonna pay extra for the watch the VFL game. No, you're gonna you buy two tickets. In, you still go in. There's people that just get there early. I, yeah, I get the football the thing, like an hour so early. Yeah, but the thing is, right. You know, your your attendance is not going to jump because you've got the VFL team playing at before. And I'd like it because then I you know, get a little bit more for them. I would seeing a, like, SN Collingwood double, maybe on Anthony Day. Yeah, but I'd, I'd like to see because I would get a little bit more value and it'll give you something to look at when you're waiting for the game. But, I mean, just on travel, like, do you really want to, you know, are the teams Because really, I don't know if they're going to pay their own way or whatever because you wouldn't expect them to. But, mm. you know, wouldn't... Like, wouldn't you be out of money sending a whole nother team to another, no, that, a whole nother, a whole nother team of, what is it, 22? Yeah, they'll figure out a way to make it work, though. Yeah, well... Um, but my theory is this. You know how they want to bring in the mid-season trade and the mid-season draft, which I think I is like a stupid that. idea. Yeah. Instead of that, have reserve teams with, of course, your listed players, yeah. as well as a number of non-listed players. And you can, if you need to, pick a player from the non-listed and put them as, like, a C-grade rookie. And you can play those players until season end, and then you can have a choose to draft them. You mean like a loan type thing? Like Pretty much, yeah. Like the EPL? So everyone from your, your reserves team, you can play. Yeah. you got players on your list and then players that, you know, like the rookie, there's no point in having rookies anymore because there's no rookie rule. You know, you, I think... Isn't it wasn't a rule that you had to play two years of a rookie and then you could be uh, elevated to a... No, you can only be elevated if there's an injury or suspension long term. You couldn't be elevated after a couple of years? No. Well... You could, you know, no, you know, sure you Rookies could. are only on year contract. One year contract, yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean, but there's really no point because you can play a rookie whenever you like. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, I don't mind. So maybe, the, yeah, the reserve players can be like rookies and you pick them, like, if you need. So if, if you're down a Ruckman and you've got a Ruckman in the VFL, yeah. just play him. That's what I think. I think that's a good idea. Personally. I don't mind that because they'll they'll get more game time and there's a bit more security there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the thing is with that is what would happen, um, you know, if they get, say, if you if you got someone playing for the Eastern Bombers Reserve and they go over to, you know, the Northern, what's the other one? The Northern Bull Ants or wherever they are. But then they go back to Eastern, like, would they be out of a job or, you know, it, the thing, it's going to mess with the mm. whole, because, you know, there's a, there's certain thing you can only have a certain amount of people on your list and then every year you've got to delist like six people or... Uh, also, because I think... Because with that, it's gonna it's kind of going to muck it up of who do the coaches want to keep on their team, who do the coaches want to get rid of their team at the end of the season. Because it's going to be a, it's, it's a tight debate, but it favours Victorian clubs to be fell. Because who put out, you know, who does, um, listen, the Neeful's fine because there's four teams. Mm. you got the Giants, Sydney, the Neeful travel. Yeah. They travel to Sydney and Queensland and Darwin. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's a matter of, because say, for instance, if you've got a team that doesn't make that much money. Gold Coast, yeah. Gold Coast, right? You know, it's going to get to the point where management's going to be looking at their, you know, 
payroll and they're going to be like, why are we missing this amount of money? And why are we seeing the reserve team over to Melbourne once every couple months or once every month or so? You know what I mean? That's kind of my issue with it because, you know, I'm, I'm not in the... I'm not a manager. I don't know anything about the business side of the AFL. But my point is, is the thing about the VFL is they can just play around here. But in the AFL, you got to worry about you got to pay your players, you got to pay the VFL players, you got to pay the venue fee, you got to yeah. do marketing, you got to pay money towards that. And then when you got you know teams that are struggling and teams that are go well, we don't know, we have to, we have got like thirty thousand members. How are we going to pay our bills and blah blah. blah. You know, and then you're going to throw in, oh, by the way, your VFL team's going to travel as well. Like, wouldn't that mess it up? I don't know anything. Like I said, I don't know anything about AFL management. I don't know how it works. But well, like I said, they'll probably figure out a way. But, like I said, the, you know, Freer and West Coast play Freer, you know, at least it, um, AFL players in the VFL play against AFL players pretty much on the regular. Yeah. Um, SANFL and the WAFL rarely play against AFL players. Mm-hmm. And I think that hurts development. You know, there's no better way of getting... As close as you can get to match fitness, is playing against players who play AFL. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, no, no, it's, just, it's just difficult because it is. we've it's got ten in Victoria, and then you got two in every other I, state. I don't think controversial, but I think the AFL's handled the whole AFL thing from nineteen ninety onwards very poorly. Well, what I think it's do? been a very. Um, I think they should have scrapped the league entirely. Yeah. Like, like um, the NFL before the NFL was the NFL, there were two different leagues. Yeah. And clubs still have their accolades like the Cleveland Browns who have not won a Super Bowl mm. who just got the number one pick in the NFL draft because they are the worst Yeah, they still have their previous titles before the NFL era right. so I think I feel like the AFL era should have been completely different it should have been a whitewash mm. um, like a colour of probably two to three AFL what do you teams. mean like start, start a new league or together new team blah, blah, no, no, blah. no it's not the same um, mean like it was what, West Coast Adelaide well Adelaide came in 1991 yeah. West Coast Adelaide was going to come in Sydney and Brisbane Yeah, um, get rid of Footscray, St Kilda, North Melbourne, and Fitzroy. Yeah. Or keep one of them. I think they they, they left too many teams in one state. Mm-hmm. Um, and too many teams in one area. Yeah. Geelong is fantastic because it's so far away from Melbourne. Uh, that's what I like. It's, a, it's, a, it's more broad. And it's a much better place for players that want to live. They don't want to get the busy life of Melbourne. Yeah. But still want to live in Victoria. Yeah. Go to Geelong. But here's the problem... Look, I agree with you when what you say is spread them out a little bit more. Take some because we've got ten teams in Victoria and two in every other. I understand that and I get it. Here's the controversy and here's the issue with that. If you do move two things, you try to move a team from Melbourne interstate, all hell breaks loose, right? No one wants to follow that team anymore. It's like what happened with what was it ten years ago with North Melbourne and the Gold Coast. Oh yeah, they had fans for the whole five minutes. Yeah, but I mean. It's going to create controversy in fans that want to leave. They're going to probably fight. They're going to fight against the AFL. They're going to fight against the league, a, a new league at that I time. Know, South Melbourne left and Fitzroy merged. Yeah. And it worked out better for both of them. Yeah, but here's the thing. You're at risk. Because I know a lot of people in the 90s, we barracked for Fitzroy. But as soon as Fitzroy went to yeah. Brisbane, everything just, like, they just lost faith in the AFL yeah, and so they didn't want to follow the yeah, league some anymore. Stop supporting football altogether. Yeah, but so that, that is what you're risking because you're at risk of losing fans. You're at risk of losing that. Revenue that you get from merchandise and but games. It would have been 28 years later now. And it probably would have worked out fine. It didn't really, in my opinion, it didn't really work out that great for Brisbane. But may, that could be because... I mean, they did win the flags, but I think oh. from a fan's point of view. Oh, the AFL cares. Let's just say this from Giga. That's, 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 that's your opinion. Yeah. It's not fact, but, you know... <laughs> but <laughs> I do, yeah, again, again, like I said, personally, I believe the whole AFL thing was handled... Extremely poorly, and because, but it just made a complete mess 
of the... They could have used it to their advantage, but they got rid of State of Origin. They could have made a fight out of it. I mean, a playful fight. I mean, as in saying, you know, what it used to be in the 80s. and the, mm. my, my father, who's been following footy from since the 80s, right? He still has that old school mentality. And where I work, all the customers who have been watching footy from the 60s and the 70s, they still have it too, when they hate the interstate teams, and the interstate teams hate them. The AFL could have used that, man. Yeah. Victoria's got the grand final here. No, we want the grand final in the state. Well, it's in the home of footy, and the home of footy is in Victoria. And then they could have had the whole thing. Oh, the Victorians are coming to the interstate. Let's show them why we're, the better, we're better than them. They could have used that, but the AFL didn't use that. They got rid of the state of origin. Mm. But, I mean, you know, they could have they could have had a great rivalry there. They didn't choose to do it. Um, and, you know, the old school thing of, you know, the Victorians are selling all the great players from Western Australia, selling all the great players from Sydney and so forth. Because that was a thing in the 70s and the 60s. But, you know. Uh, let's quickly wrap this up with the VFRW team in their third practice match before the season starts ne- early next month. Lost to the Southern Saints, St Kilda, 7-7-49 to 7-3-45. So that's three losses now, so going to be maybe a tough first season. Mm. As well, in the eSports, in the Australian AEL University Cup, the Rocket League, in Rocket League, Essendon, two defeated... ESM Rockets won to move to 5-4 and 7th currently on the ladder. So that's all your reserve news. We're going to come back in a sec with Facts of the Round. Yeah, I've got nothing. I've won anything. Oh. Round 6 in 1984. Fitzroy played Essendon at the Junction Oval in front of 20,270 people. Uh, Liam, who do you think won that game? So what year was it? 1984. 1984. Ooh. Fitzroy made... Ooh, that's... Essendon won the flag. Yeah. Fitzroy, I think, made the prelim. I'll say Essendon won. You're right. Fitzroy, 13 15 to Essendon's 22-12-144. Yes. I shall lacking, to say the least. It was a good year for Essendon. Went, went to start their back-to-back. Yeah, that was um, when back when Sheedy's... Kevin Sheedy's one of four premierships. Did you hear the story about when Kevin Sheedy came in with his um with the 40s and gave everyone their own individual 40? No. Kevin Shane came in and gave everyone a footy, everyone on the team a footy and said, this is your, I read this in the um, Essendon, I think it's a Glory and Fame book. He said, this is your footy, you got to take care of it, and if you lose your footy, you got to do two laps of the oval on your hands and knees. So then all the players will be running around looking for their footy in front of training. But yeah, the story with Kevin Shane um, and the uh, famous Essendon football. See, he was, Kevin Shane is a man, man. Oh, in, 80, in 83 when the reserves won the grand final, but the, the AFL, the VFL team didn't. And then he walks in and goes, we should have been celebrating. We lost the grand final. Yeah, I know, I know Ron Barassi did the same thing as well in, um, I think, 74. Yeah. So North Melbourne's second ever grand final. Yeah. And they lost. And, you know, he goes, I you know, hope none of you are happy about this. Yeah. Which, uh, th- that's another thing that's missing from today's footy, the tough coaches. But then yeah. we're a bit more sensitive now. Now we've got Bucks apologising. Yeah, but there's the thing. Where the day of tough coaches are over. It's just a difference. I remember I, I told you this. I remember saying, we don't have any more tough coaches. And then you said to me, what, and then you said, well, Jeff, the players of today, they don't, yeah. they won't respond well to that. They won't. No, they don't like. They, they won't be like, like, oh, shit, I've got to play now. Because hmm. you don't have Ron to coming down going, you're weak as piss. Yeah. You know, you can imagine that as well. Like, you know, all these great plays. You know, you're bloody right. Yeah. You probably don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We're talking North Melbourne. Yeah. It was just. You don't have it anymore. The only one I think that could give it a good spray is probably Clarko. Clarko and uh, Brad Scott, whenever he gets up. Oh, gosh. Brad Scott's good. I, I don't know, Magic. That was, yeah. Probably had to apologise after that as well. <laughs> I wouldn't. Like, I feel like Ross Lyon's more of a dad than a coach. He'll go to someone and be like, 
Mate, I'm not mad. Just disappointed. Just disappointed. Like, I suppose do what you want to do, I guess. Go to the change rooms. It's third quarter. Go to the change room, mate, and argue. Athletes will come back and we'll preview the big game against Melbourne. Lost Melbourne losing to Richmond, Essendon losing to Collingwood. Both teams tipped to make the top eight. Both teams are not in the top eight. Yeah, both teams have potential though. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm writing Essendon off. Maybe if they lose, if they get smashed in this game, I'm writing Essendon off for the year. You know, it, I know it, you're very, yeah. you know, sticking to round nine. I say around five and six is where you start getting a good glimpse of the ladder. Yeah, well, it's here and there, but I think you know, you have a lot of teams will just go bang and they'll just try to they'll they'll try to gun it before the final series ends. Um, it, it's a, it's going to be a tough round because both teams lost in a similar fashion. Um, like, right down to the T, you know, 90,000 people put up a fight, couldn't get it done. Uh, facing team that was too pow- too big for them, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I think that uh, uh, Melbourne is a team in form when you put them up against each other, but I think, you know, when you look, I uh, think uh, S and do have the, the better forward line. You know, how do you stop you know, with Jesse Hogan, you really got to just put an opposition onto him and stick with him the entire game and say he beat Jesse Hogan. But, I mean, how do you stop a Jake Stringer who loves to fend off and run and do this and do that? How how you, you know, Stewart, I always say, Stewart doesn't play a good second half, but he doesn't have a good start, you know? you got to keep your eye on Stewart. That, Bombers have a lot of tools in that team. In my belief, I think it's going to be a game that's going to come down to the wire. Because both teams are so equally matched, and they're going to put up a fight. And you got uh, the coach of Melbourne, who was a former assistant coach of Essendon. I'm actually calling this an early elimination final. I've changed my mind. The loser of this game will not play finals. It's an early. It's a round six. But will final. next year? But they will do. Next year? They do have that team. Melbourne. That Melbourne. Uh, you know, Melbourne's like a pregnancy at the moment. They were expected to play finals last year. Now you know they passed the due date, and they're just waiting to pop. And well, it just. You know, and you you wouldn't want to wait too long because you still got that poor Roos team. You don't want to wait too long. It's been since two thousand six. They've won two spoons. They've been pretty much on the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. And I feel like I know you like I think two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven. Tom Scully left. They they were like ninth. So yeah. like you know maybe next year and then they finish second last. Yeah. And you know they don't want to slide after just missing. Do you they know what? Played finals last year. Do you know what? If they can get uh, the team just right, I would back the Bombers just because they, they are there are a weird team like that when they come up with when they come up with a big loss, they get a little bit more motivated. Mm. So you know, like I said, it's going to come down to the wire. Melbourne are going to be really tough to beat, but you know, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll back Essen. I reckon they they win, they win just. I reckon I'll tip them by five points. By five points, all. It's going to come down to the uh, wire. There's a lot of outs. So Bal Chambers being rested, Hartley's omitted, Green's injured. Bagley's injured, and Myers rested. Who's coming in? Uh, Jaden Lever. Yeah. Lohenberger, Patrick Ambrose, Kyle Langford, Kobe Munch, Jordan Ridley, Ben McNice. That's nice. Dylan Clark. Like a McDonald's and Sean McKerner. That's uh, a lot of in. Plus, you know. Is that McKernan as in McKernan from Adelaide? or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, uh, you know, not a bad. So there'll be five ends, no of matter are, what. Two of them are, oh, sorry, three of them are experienced with Patrick Ambrose. Yeah. Um, new players, Munch, Ridley, and Clark could all debut. And um, actually, McDonald's will be, Woody is going to be playing his 50th game. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, yeah. I'll be at the game. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, Essendon will be good. they got a good forward line. I think putting Ambrose in the back line, I think that's going to that's gonna do some really good things for us. Uh, you know, we might see Ambrose versus Hogan. Uh, sounds like a oh, wrestling I think match. We'll see, um, yeah. Yeah, the Hogan, yeah. Because they won't put Hurley on him because they want to drop Hurley back, and they won't put Hooker on him because they want to drop Hooker back. Well, cool. Yeah, that's true, because um, 
he runs too far. If you're doesn't he? Jesse Hogan. Yeah, so I reckon I'll I'll see Everest on him. But Lorenberg and Ruck. Lorenberg is a fantastic uh, play. He's played some good games in the VFL. Keep my eye on him. Uh, it's going to be an exciting game to say the least. Mm. With Melbourne on the other hand, Lewis is back. Um, Finch is in. McDonald's is in. Smith's in. Smith's in. They've got two Smiths. Spargo and Hannon. With Kent, Stretch, both out, as well as Christian Petrarca. Mm. Someone again. There's a few players that get hyped. I just don't see it. Petrarca's one. Yeah. The main one for me is Charlie Dixon from Port Adelaide. Yeah, I can see that. Like yeah. he's had, he's had the worst start of the season than Danaher, and yet he's still he's hyped up more than Danaher is. Here's the thing with the AFL media: they play three good games, and everyone's like, yeah. "Did you see Charlie Dixon?" Like, I'm I feel like they want to be the guy to be like, "I called it." I called it I exactly. Called it. But I mean, Charlie Dixon. He's a, like I said. I think we were all about this a couple of weeks ago. I said he's a solid player, terrific player. I wouldn't say he's in the top ten forwards. Do you know what I called last year? You, you can back me up this. I called Richmond being a contender all last year. Yeah, and I, I wrote b- you off. I backed Richmond the entire year. Yeah, you did. And they went on to win the flag. And I said, I probably didn't think they'd win the flag, but I thought they're there, they're there, they've been playing good football. So I, I can credit myself as being a guy who called it. Oh, good on you. But I, you don't, you can't. Bruce McAvane will talk about you in 30 years. Oh, in 2000. <laughs> That's weird. And I was in China at the time as well. I called it all the way in China. Well, you're, you're really spearheading that whole football in China thing, aren't you? Yeah. Beijing, here we come. All right, come on. But no, um, it's just, you don't, you shouldn't call players. Yeah. You don't want to be the guy who called like, yeah, I could. You say that terrific match and analyze that, but you shouldn't be like, he's going to be the next big, nah, mm. don't, don't start with that. I don't get me wrong, Jesse Hogan's good. Yeah. I don't like him playing up the ground. No. But he's good at getting the ball, but I feel like he's more dangerous towards goal. He was one of those guys that I thought, because I said he and I remember put a fire up against Richmond, but I thought he was one of those guys that put up a fire against Richmond. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's good at, he's, he's weird. You kind of want him to be both. You want him to be up yeah. the ground, but he's more dangerous towards goal. Yeah. You always hate to be one-on-one with him as a defender. Yeah. But up the ground, he can't score. Well, no, he can't, can he? Well, uh, yeah, well, look, hopefully he does play a good game. It's going to be tough to beat him, but yeah. I'm sure he'll do so that. So, what's your, your prediction, Essendon by five? I've got, I think Essendon by five. I've got the winner by 30. The winner by 30. As in, like, a late blast or, or maintains that lead throughout the game? Uh, maintains the lead throughout the game. Okay, well that's, that's interesting. You, the winner will be the winner will be decided early on. You'll know the winner by quarter time. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. no worries. Yeah. So that's all the time. Well, thank you for coming in, Jeff. It's been lovely having you. It's been good to catch up. The band's back together. Yeah, or that's the that's duet. Good. The duet's back together. Well, I'm so, I'm coming on the show from now on. Andrew's not on this anymore. Yes, Jeff is always. Jeff. Well, I'll come on to the next show and just pretend to be Andrew. Even though you're on another country next show. <laughs> oh yeah, call me. Yeah, I'll call you <laughs> do a live stream from Thailand. From Thailand. Thailand. Yeah. Well, I could just come in and do my Andrew impression and just pretend to be Andrew. <laughs> from Thailand. Just, no, no, just like. Andrew, how you doing? Oh. No, he's going to kick my ass after oh. the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the time I have for, I have for here on the Flying Up podcast.